Welcome to the Fresh Nest podcast, where we talk all things freshening your nest, from decluttering to design, decor and home styling. I'm Hannah Bullivant, an interior designer, interior stylist and content creator, and I teach folk to declutter, design and decorate their home from a place of self-knowing. Spring is now well underway in the UK and I am pumped for it. And just like I talked about in the last podcast, this new lovely light is definitely illuminating dusty corners and gross windows and making me want to sort and clean my home. Now, I actually hate cleaning, like I said in the past episode, and I do outsource most of this, but I come alive when there is a tidying, sorting, decluttering or organising job. I have always been like this. Since I was like a really young child, I have loved to tidy and organise my room, to move my furniture around, to decorate it. This is just what I absolutely love. And my spring I'm going to call it a spring organising itch because the spring cleaning is a bit ick for me, but the spring organising itch has been itchy. I have been making curtains, adding storage to my kitchen cupboards and cleaning windows. Today's episode is another in the spring organising series, but this one is about the routines, habits and organisation that help to keep a household ticking over. Now, the reason for this is because I asked on Instagram for ideas of what people would like me to talk about on this lovely podcast of mine. And something that came up again and again was keeping on top of daily life at home. So it was like routines and organisation in some form. So the questions were about what habits I have or recommend to keep the house feeling functional and calm, what storage I recommend, general tips around organising life, especially when you have children, and what routines work, what routines I have, and also what routines I recommend for people wanting to get a bit more calm in their life. I spend a lot of time reading about and helping people with their clutter, so I do have some ideas for this. I am also going to share what I do in my own home as well, with the huge caveat that what works for me may not, almost probably will not work for you. But I'm sharing it just to give you some ideas and to get you thinking of ways that you might be able to incorporate some more routines and organisation hacks into your life. So the first thing is to know what you want. What is the bigger vision? How do you want your home to feel? How do you want to move through your home? And ultimately, how do you want to live in your home? And it sounds kind of basic, but you need to have an idea of where you want to get to, to help you to take the action today to kind of take steps towards that happening. So genuinely have a think, even now as you're listening to this, about how do you want it to feel when you go downstairs in the morning and make coffee and make breakfast? And how is the house feeling at that point? What about when you go to bed at night? What's what's the house feeling like then? What about when you are leaving the house? How does your hallway feel as you're exiting your house? Have a real think about how you want it to feel from a functional point of view. And just really have that clear in your mind. If it helps 
think about three or five words that represent this. So when I run my decluttering challenges and in my Freshness e-course, I get my students to come up with three to five words that represent how they want their home to feel and then to write them down and to literally pin them up somewhere they're going to see them every day because it's really motivating. So have a little think about how you want your home to feel on a functional level and just let that be really clear. Write it down, stick it up somewhere if you want to. The second tip is that you need to now communicate this with your household. This part is critical and you need to ask for their support and contribution. Everyone in your household should contribute if they are able to. Very young children, very old residents, people who are sick, whatever, not everyone will be able to contribute, but those who can should contribute. And especially if you're living with a partner, they need to be involved in this process. My third tip is to figure out where your family spends the most time. Where does life get lived the most in your home? Is it in the kitchen? Is it in individual bedrooms? It's the kitchen for a lot of people, but it might be for you a dining or a study room. It might be a living room. The next step is to figure out where mess and clutter and stress gather the most. Next is to think about everybody's energy levels and their time throughout the day. When do you most have the energy to tackle house jobs? For me, it's at last thing before bed at night, but that might be the worst time for you. You might be better first thing in the morning or a lunchtime blitz might work better for you or doing it little and often throughout the day. But where for you do you have the energy to actually tackle these jobs? And then it's just about, okay, let's make a plan that's unique to my needs. So this is when I have time and energy. This is where our family lives the most. This is where mess and clutter gathers the most. And this is what needs to be tackled first. And this plan should include clutter because clutter has an absolutely massive impact on our homes. I'm gonna touch on clutter in a second. So I also think that your plan should have different versions of it. So your plan A looks like this, and that would usually be, okay, if I had time and energy and help, this is what I want the house to, to feel and look like at the end of every day. Then have a plan B and a plan C. So our basic bitch job every day is to put the dishwasher on. Life feels so much more functional and easy if the dishwasher's been put on every night. And then our plan A is... Also, wiping down all the sides, taking the bins out, putting the toys away, sweeping the floor, wiping the hob. You get the idea. Here is the recap. Make the vision. How do you want your home to feel? Have five words that represent that. Communicate this with your household and discuss it with them. Everyone should be involved. Figure out where your family spends the most time. Figure out where mess and clutter and stress gathers the most. Figure out everybody's energy levels and time throughout the day and then make a plan that is unique to your family and your home. A huge important point to state at this point is to say that you will need to go over this plan time and time again. It is extremely normal for things to get really bad and messy again before they get good again. In fact, for it to be like an up and down process. So don't panic or feel depressed if you make this plan and it lasts for two days and then it all goes out the window. It's really, really normal. It's about adjusting it, adjusting the plan, making it work and just keep going. And small step is always better than making a huge sweeping change.
Okay, swinging back now to talk a little bit about clutter because our stuff has a big impact on things like daily home management. So if, for example, you've got loads of clothes, if your children have loads of clothes, you're going to have loads of laundry and probably loads of mess, things like that. So and it's not just clothes. It's like how many kitchen gadgets you've got, how many plates and glasses you've got. The more you have, the more likely it is that you will seek out clean stuff to use rather than washing what's dirty. And then the dirty stuff just piles up and up and up. So stuff, managing your clutter, managing your stuff is linked integrally to managing the daily life of our homes. Along with your general plan about keeping on top of housework and life, you need to try to incorporate some clutter stuff within that. Here are some ideas for you. This might look like having a commitment that as you move about your day and you come across things that you've not touched or used for a long while or have outgrown their usefulness, that you deal with them then and there. So it's tiny little tasks throughout the day, opening your glasses cupboard to get a glass for some water and realizing there's like loads of glasses, mismatched glasses at the back that haven't been touched in six months. Gather those up, put them in a box, ready to do a charity shop run at the end of the month. As well as the daily maintenance, mini decluttering jobs, you will probably find that you're also gonna need to do some more intense decluttering spats. And that might be one Saturday a month for the next few months, for example. You might want to take a, a weekend and you know, take a couple of days off work to make a four day weekend and then do like a massive blitz. Whatever you do, though, with the more intense decluttering sessions, just remember to get your family involved. Other things that might help to manage the stuff coming into your home, which will, again, infinitely help you manage your home, is to experiment having a ban on things coming into the house other than like consumables and essentials. So that might mean like a spending ban or it might mean saying no to donations and offerings from friends and families. It might mean not having a look at that charity shop or market or not buying things on Amazon and eBay etc. And trying to use what you've got. Better for the environment as well. It might mean having some conversations with friends and family about gifts. If you're surrounded by people who, who gift giving is their love language, then this can be really challenging. But it is definitely possible. And I've supported lots of students through doing this exact thing. It is absolutely possible to have a conversation with friends and family about the fact that you're trying to reduce the amount of stuff at home and ask them to support you in birthdays and gift giving and things like that and, and and instead say I'd rather we had some experiences together or I'd rather we had a membership to this thing or we all had contributions towards a bigger gift. Also I think it's really important that whether it's decluttering that we're talking about or the sort of daily chores, the daily household management, is to set up some self-care strategies. So it might mean always playing music when you're tidying up in the evening or making sure you light the nice candles. It's that kind of thing, trying to center joy. So rather than the overwhelm of the stuff that needs to happen, thinking about how joyful it will be when it's done, thinking about your deservedness of a space that is calm and beautiful and functional. Okay, so so far I have shared some 
techniques and advice based on my work with Fresh Nest students and my one-to-one -one decluttering clients as well. Now I'm going to share what I personally do in my home and with a huge caveat again that what works for me may not work for you. The important thing is that your plan is suited to your family, your energy levels, your stuff, your home. So I've split this into daily, weekly, monthly and ad hoc. So the daily stuff we do, and I think I've remembered everything here, but the main thing is that we try to tidy up as we go. So for example, after each workout in the morning, I put the weights and the mat away straight away. After each meal, if possible, we tidy up. We do the dishes, we put the stuff away in the dishwasher. This is not always possible. If you've got children, if, you, if life is busy, sometimes it's just not. But when it is possible, we will try to tidy up after each meal. Our big tidy time in our family is after dinner. So we include the kids in this after dinner. It is tidy up time slash play time when I want them to bring their plates over to the dishwasher. They will sometimes help with other chores to gain some pocket money. And then before we go to bed in the evening, we being the parents, we will make sure the dishwasher's gone on, do the dishwasher, wipe down the sides and the hob and sweep the floor. Now that's our plan A. Sometimes we don't manage to get to all of those jobs, but we our basic level is that the dishwasher gets put on every single night. Generally, we, we manage to wipe the surfaces down as well, but most of the time we do manage to get the toys away, you wipe the hob down and wipe the sides. We've just figured out the level that works for us. And that means that when we go to bed, the house feels calm and tidy. And then when we wake up in the morning, we're going down to a kind of a nice kitchen. If right now that feels wildly out of reach for you, just choose one thing to do. Just in in incorporate one routine or habit like doing the dishes at a certain time in the day that suits you and go from there. Try not to, you don't, you don't need to do all of this at once. Each night we put our clothes away or in the dirty washing basket. Same with the kids as well. And then in the morning, we will unload the dishwasher as we make coffee and kids breakfasts. Emptying the dishwasher first thing in the morning makes the rest of the day feel much smoother. It means that dirty dishes can get put straight in rather than kind of clutter on the sides. So that's one of our non-negotiables. The dishwasher is our like, if we can't manage anything else, we'll try and get the dishwasher done. I make the bed every morning without fail. And I have done since I was a young child. It's just something that brings me joy. It's in a way to have a lovely clear surface. And I literally never miss this. And that might make me a psychopath to some of you. I understand that and that's fine. I am okay with that. The kids sometimes make their beds in the morning. We are working on this, but if not, then I will go in after them and, and do it. Another sort of daily-ish thing that I have going on is I have a bag or box for charity for the donation on the go at all times so that as I'm moving around the day and I come across glassware, Tupperware, kitchenware or clothes that aren't being touched or used, the things that the kids have grown out of, put into that box. And that's constant. And then I'll take it to the charity shop once every couple of months. I also have a rag bag on the go constantly. That is collected by my local council as part of the curbside recycling. I just have to put it in a clear, a clear bag next to the recycling bin. 
And that is where I will put clothes and fabrics that are beyond disgusting. I, I, I mean, like that cannot be donated. So that might be old underwear or clothes that are holy or stained. So I think that's most of what we do daily. Now moving on to weekly. The most significant thing that we do weekly is mine and Dave's weekly chat. We have been having this now for over a decade about what's happening in our life that week and some of the practical things that need to happen as well. So the weekly chat happened. Um, it's an outcome of our January book process, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. But the January book is the planning and review process that we do each January. We're looking across lots of different categories in our life, like parenting, our relationship, our social lives, our creativity. It's really wide reaching. It's very nourishing. And part of the planning process is about making it practical. So rather than it just being a fun activity that we do in January, we break it down. We break our big lofty yearly goals down into quarterly, monthly goals. The main way really that we keep accountable to each other on some of our joint things and the things to do with our family are in our weekly chat. So our weekly chat is where we will organise the week. So we'll share this is where we share the domestic labour of life. As a mum, this is very important to me. And without the weekly chat, I would be carrying a lot more emotional labour. It's things like remembering kids' class parties and family birthdays, things like that. So in that weekly chat, that is where we delegate the tasks between ourselves. I mean, even things like bin days, house jobs, we make a meal plan. We also check our budget, although sometimes that comes in a separate meeting if we're pressed for time. And we also check in with our January book goals too. Not in a deep way. It's not like we get out the big book and go through the whole thing. But if in our January book we have said we want more time alone, this is some of, some of ours from this year, more time alone, more walking, that's when we'll check in as well. It's a, just a really, really brilliant addition to our marriage and our family life. And I really recommend it if you are living in a partnered situation, if you've got family members, but I think this would work even if you were with friends in a housemate situation, is having a weekly chat where you sit down and talk about what's going on in the house and in life and in family this week and who's doing what to share the emotional labour. So I cannot recommend this more. A new thing that's working really well for us on a weekly basis is laundry, doing the laundry on a weekly basis instead of on a daily basis. There is enough laundry in my family to easily put a wash on every day or every other day. But I realise even with our fairly minimal wardrobes, we have enough clothes to last the week without having to put loads of washes on. So I call this managing my laundry bitch. It basically means that I don't put laundry on until Friday night or Saturday morning. And I just batch the laundry, basically. So I do it all the laundry over the weekend. And by Monday night, it's all dried. I use my Lakeland dry soon. It's all dry. And then both Dave and I have a laundry folding date night. Literally, it's so, so sad, isn't it? Where we'll watch one of our favourite shows, fold the laundry and put it away. So rather than there always being clean washing, drying all over the house all the time, loads of laundry waiting to be folded and put it away, it manages and reduces the clutter of clean laundry massively. And in our small-ish house, that's actually really important. 
we also meal plan and we do this as part on uh, during our weekly chat on a Monday. We don't always manage the meal plan. It's, we both really struggle to do this. But when we do, it makes life just infinitely easier. I suppose connected to the meal plan is I do a grocery delivery, a shopping delivery, rather than going to the shops. I find that when I get my shopping delivered to me, I can manage the budget much better, less likely to be impulsive. And it's just easier because it saves so much time. And I really try to avoid doing top up shops outside of that weekly shopping. Again, I'm just trying to make the best use of my time and going into Aldi or Asda or whatever it is to do the weekly shop takes ages. It does not bring me joy and I would just rather get it delivered. I have a few friends who absolutely love doing the weekly shop and going into the shop. And if that's you, go for it. But I really don't like it and it takes too much time. And I find that having the app on my phone means that when I notice we've run out of something, I can just quickly go on and add it into my basket. And then it just arrives at the house and it just saves loads and loads of time. So I think that covers the weekly routines and habits that I have, that we have in our family that keep things ticking over. I also wanted to talk about coming home from a holiday because that was specifically asked and it can be a cause of quite a lot of stress and chaos in a household for quite a long time. My take on this is going away now for a weekend or a holiday is really quite straightforward in our house because we have worked on our decluttering and we don't have a ton of stuff, we don't have loads of clothes. But when we get back, we do what I call a turbo unpack try to make it sound fun, but it's basically where we unpack immediately, unless it's really late. Because I absolutely hate the chaos of suitcases and bags and piles of clothes everywhere, find it very, very stressful. And actually so do my children. We now do a turbo unpack when we get in, things are straight into the dirty laundry, straight away back into wardrobes, and the suitcases and bags are put away straight away. Again, that might make me a psycho. <laughs> Again, I don't care. I'm, I'm very happy to claim that. The other thing that I do before I go away on a holiday is make sure the house is clean and tidy. I do put fresh bedding on as well. And it means that when I get home, the house feels fresh and lovely. And a little bit like a holiday coming home as well, because you kind of need that when you get back from a holiday, don't you? The other thing I think it's worth mentioning is when you get back from a holiday or you're just at the end of the school holidays, giving yourself some time to adjust to non-holiday life I don't think, unless you are a far more productive person than me, it's possible to just click from school holiday slash holiday holiday mode into, okay, get stuff done mode. So I give myself at least a day, sometimes more, if I can get away with it in my work schedule, to just kind of have that in-betweeny time of being by myself, getting on top of the house, getting myself in like getting my to-do lists out, figuring out my calendar for the week and just giving myself a bit of grace because otherwise it's chaos. I hope this has been helpful for you. You will all have your own habits and routines in your homes, but I hope that maybe some of what this episode can do is give you some fresh ideas or a new take or something that you might want to add in to make things feel a bit smoother. Because, you know, be living beautifully, it does come down to these daily habits, doesn't it? 
it's not just the kind of Instagram ready photo shoots. It's about how we are living in our homes every day, how they are supporting our lives and how our homes feel to be in. Thank you for listening. As always, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's always incredibly helpful for podcasts like mine that are new, that are trying to get out there. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.